Thank you for listening to the Cultivate Church audio podcast. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and motivated. Now here's today's message. I want you to go ahead and grab your outline for today's message. I'm excited. We're concluding our series, Once Upon a Christmas. And uh, this entire series has really just been unraveling really what I would think of as the hope of Christmas. Um, there's so many things about this season that are difficult, that are, um, that are tough this time of year. And for many of us, it's, it's hard to navigate this season. Uh, but we know that because of Christmas, there's a lot of hope that it brings. And all of this is out of Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5, that says, When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And so in week one, we talked about dealing with the disappointment that comes with Christmas and then uh, really talking about just remembering what Jesus did for us, what this whole holiday and celebration is about. And then in week two, we talked about how we can be a light to other people, how what has been given to us is so that we can share it with other people, that we have a great opportunity this season uh, to be the extension of who Jesus is. And then last week, we talked about a lot of our favorite traditions in Christmas, uh, things we like to do and things that you find yourself every year. You follow in these same traditions. We talked about giving gifts and decorations and Christmas cards and, and all the things that we do and how through those things that we're already doing, that we can continue to be an extension of who Christ is in this season and the hope of Christmas today. But today I titled your message Christmas Seeds. And we're going to talk about the fact that this Christmas really represents a seed sown into our lives. And we talk about seeds a lot in the Bible. The Bible talks about sowing and reaping, that what we sow, that we will also reap. Jesus often talked into terms that people understood, and in that time, everybody was taking care of themselves by what they sowed and then what they reaped. And Christmas is really the same exact thing. That when Jesus was born into this world, he was a seed sown into our lives, really, for all of generations to come until eternity would take us home. And so this whole thought about the power of a seed, and it's something that's so tiny, so small, and that really is a lot of work. If you ever plant something, or you, uh, you know, if some of you do gardening, some of you do flowers, do not ask me to do it, because I will kill it very quickly. But I understand the principle is that you take it, you plant it, you take care of it, and you fertilize it, and then you remove the weeds and all the things that try to choke out the plant, and then you watch it grow. And then if it grows, it produces something great. And even a redwood, I did some studying this week on a redwood tree, and they're, they're massive, right? Like over 350 feet tall, I mean like 20 feet wide. I mean, they're just incredibly huge trees. And they say that a redwood will actually produce thousands and thousands and thousands of seeds every year, that they will actually shed seeds that if collected and replanted could grow another tree. But they say that if you were to gather like a million of those seeds together, that they would only weigh like eight pounds because they're so incredibly tiny that even the largest tree that you can find comes from such a tiny little beginning. And today, I want to talk about what the seed of Christ being brought into this world, born for us, what it really means for us. So over the next few minutes, I just want to unpack 
this final uh, outline today of what the Christmas really means for the hope of our lives. And I want us to pray, one that Lord would help us stay awake and the Lord would help us receive from what God has for us today, all right? Father, what a great day. We love you, and we thank you for taking care of us. We thank you for opportunities to be in your house. We thank you, God, that we have a moment to come in here and to honor you today in your word, and we pray that it changes our heart, that it opens our mind to who you are throughout this Christmas season. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's talk about Christmas in the beginning, what it really was, what it represented, and the seeds that were sown. And the first is this, write this down, Christmas was a seed of light. We've talked about this concept of light uh, a lot this this series. We've talked about being a light. We've talked about the decorations of light and what it represents and what it does. But it all began from the very beginning, the first thing that I say that God brought for us that says, the people who walk in darkness will see a great what? A light. If you are in the darkness, the greatest comfort you can have is what? Light. When Asher was small and he was in his own room and, and we would close the door at night, if we didn't turn on that little night light, you would hear his little voice in there, Dad, you didn't cut on the light. I can't see. And you would cut on the light and then everything is perfect. If you wake up in the middle of the night and you can't see where you're going, if you can just get to the light, then everything else is okay. And literally from the beginning, before Jesus was brought into this world, it was prophesied that people would be walking in darkness would see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. It had been some 400 years since people had heard from God, from the moment that sin came and completely took our relationship with God away, that we stopped hearing the voice of God, feeling the presence of God and the move of God until Jesus would be born as a baby, the people in deep darkness, a light would come. And the Bible talks a lot about light. The Bible actually says that it's really the first words that we see uh, God speak. The Bible says that God created what? The heavens and the earth. So he put this in motion. And then his first little moment of, of making it what it should be was that the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. The very first words that God spoke out of his mouth that we hear recorded. And it's one of the first things that God put into this world. The Bible says that the word of God is a light to our feet. It's, it's, it's like a lamp so that we can see where we go. The word of God actually expels darkness. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. We are a, a carrier of the light of Christ that we reflect him into the world of other people. It's important to understand what light does in darkness. Now, I think about this building that we're in today. And, uh, and I know that we, we, you know, we, we love where we are and we love, we thank God for all of his provision and we have a roof today. But how many of you know, this is really not our, um, you know, our optimum selection, right? This is not, we're moving. I can't wait until we begin the process of moving and, and renovating this for, for our kids and youth again. And we move next door. It's going to be great. But when we moved in this building, it was way less than where we are today, if you can believe it or not. There was a drop ceiling in here. And when we removed the drop ceiling, it was full of rat dropping everywhere. It's been cleaned once or twice since then. You're okay. But one thing that we knew we had to do when we walked in this building, even after we would cut the heat on, because we were renovating in, uh, in the, the fall, it was cold in here. So we knew that there had to be a draft coming from somewhere. And so the way that we did this is we would come in this room and we would cut off every single light in this building. And it would be pitch black 
other than the little pinholes of light that were coming in places that it should not be coming in. And wherever we would see the little pinhole of light breaking through the darkness, we would say, that needs to be caulked, that needs to be covered, and that needs to be fixed. And that's the way we found all the little places of the drafts that were coming into this building. Because little bit of light, no matter how tiny or how small, it will always expel darkness. It doesn't matter how dark. It doesn't matter how dim. It doesn't matter how gloomy. It doesn't matter what our outlook is. It does not matter how bad that it is. Just the tiniest speckle of light will illuminate any darkness. And so God gave us the greatest light, that seed of light, maybe in the moment of the darkest time. Do you know that Jesus was born at one of the darkest times of the world? We look at the news today and how how difficult the world is and the difficult things that are going around, but literally, it is nothing compared to the day in which Jesus was born. Jesus faced the worst death of any time in history, and it's not a coincidence that God brought him into the world for such a time as this. At just the right time, God would send the light into this world. So today, here's what I want us to know. Just that little bit of light signifies a brand new beginning. And so in this room today, I want you to know that really the hope of this season is that the light that God brought through his son Jesus is a brand new beginning. Let it signify an opportunity just to hit the reset button and say, God, you can do anything in my life that you choose to do. The light is a brand new start. When we were getting Asher used to going to bed, our, our three-year-old, it took about two years. He's a night owl like me. I'm a night owl. I don't want to go to bed at night, and he didn't either. And literally, you could let him cry in his room. I mean, you do all the things that you know to do, and he just did not want to go to sleep. Finally, we're on a good rotation. He goes to bed on time now. He's doing good. But he'll say, Dad, when the sun comes in in the morning and there's light, it's wake-up time. He'll let me know that when the light comes in, I'm going to bed now, but I want you to know, as soon as the light hits the room, it's wake-up time. I know that that signifies it's a new day. It's a brand new opportunity to do it all over again. This morning, the hope of Christmas, the light in the birth of Christ signifies for us today the hope of a brand new beginning. And then number two, the, the birth of Jesus brought a seed of peace Peace. I think if you could bottle and sell peace, you would be a millionaire. It is the number one most sought after thing in this entire world. The rich can't find it. They can't buy it. People can't discover it in all the things that we look for it in. We look for it in some certain bottles. We look for it in certain little pill forms. We look for it in, in the in the in the uh, shopping, you know, mall, many of us nowadays, 2019, you look for it on Amazon, you know, online. Like we are looking for that sense of peace, but it's elusive. When you think you found just a little bit of it and you get that one moment to go, then what happens? A new day comes and you start the process again and you're looking for that moment of peace all over again. Every person walking the planet seeks after peace. But look at this, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then Prince of Peace. The world can't give what the world doesn't have. Jesus came so that he could bring 
peace. There are peace marches. There are peace protests. There are peaceful movements. There are peaceful conversations. There are peaceful this, that, and the other. But the world can't, have, can't give what the world does not have. Jesus is the one that brought us peace. And so today, as we're in this place, and I know that a gathering like this, two campuses, five experiences all day long, will come together. And out of all of us, I would say the greatest majority of us who will gather today are still struggling in finding peace. I think there's three reasons. Maybe I'm going to write these down. These are extras. Three things that take your peace. And I think the first would be the uncontrollable, uncontrollable stuff. You can't do anything about it. I'll say that again. You can't do anything about it. We can't control it. It is literally out of your control. For some of you, that gives you great peace to go, you know what, I can't control it, so what am I doing? For some of you, that drives you even madder because you can't control it. We want to fix it. We want to stop it. We just want to get to the root of it and just fix it. But it's uncontrollable things that are taking your peace. What about the unchangeable? You've tried, you've told them 10 steps to why, and you've revealed all of their problems and why they are the way that they are. You've had them watch Dr. Phil. Come on. You've read every article on Facebook, and since it's on the internet, it has to be true. I mean, you've done everything to try to change it, and it's just unchangeable. There are some things that are out of your control and that we cannot change, and it robs our peace. And I think the third thing is the unexplainable. Somebody asked me a question. I love this because I, I don't know at what point of being a pastor makes you an expert in everything. But someone asked me a question, and, and you never know what's going to come. They said, Pastor, I've been meaning to ask you this question. I've asked a lot of people, and I can't find an answer. And I thought, this is where we are. We've come so low that now you're coming to me for the answer, for the great wisdom. And in everything they had, they asked me this question about life. And I said, you know what? I've thought a lot about that myself, and I have no idea. And they just kind of looked at me, and I said, have a good day. You know, it's like, I don't know what else to tell you. I do not know. I, I can't explain it. It's unexplainable. I can't find, if I could find the solution to that problem, we, we would, everything would be okay in the world. But it's something that's unexplainable. It's uncontrollable. It's unchangeable. I have those things in my life and so do you. But the beauty of this is, is that God sent his son to us. And I love that the scripture tells us that the government would be on his shoulders. You know what that means? It means all of the authority that represents us, all the power that we can, we can have within ourselves. It, it just sits on the shoulders of Jesus. He carries it. We think that we can do it. We think we can change it. We think we can control it. We think we can explain it. But in reality, it sits on his shoulders because he is the only one that can bring us peace. Now, I think our mindset of peace is, is a little bit off. I think we think peace is when there's no problems in our life. But peace is not the absence of problems. It's just the presence of Jesus. You are going to have problems. I am going to have problems. There will be bad days. I'm glad you got a church er got up early this morning and you made it through the rain. Let me go ahead and encourage you. In 2020, you will have problems. 
You just will. And if you don't, well, let's sit down and pray about lying, okay? Because you will. I just want to prepare you. Peace is not the absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus. So when I walk through my problems, when I go through difficult seasons, the presence of Jesus is there. I talked with someone this week, Shane Gallops is part of our campus here in uh, he, was, he was in the hospital this week. They found uh, kidney cancer, uh, found it early, and they took him in and, and they removed a kidney and got what they believe is 100% of the cancer. It's just a miracle the way God worked this out. And so I was sitting in the hospital room with him, and he said, you know what? He said, he said this has been such a blessing. I said, okay, tell me how. <laughs> he said, for the first time in my life, he said, I really felt like I, I, I knew what it was to experience personally, the presence of God in my life. He said, I've been around it. He said, I understand it. He said, but there was like two people sitting inside of me. He said, there was me that was saying, you're going to die. That's what he told me. He said, you're not going to make it. You are going to die. Cancer has ridden your body. They have not found it all. And you are not going to make it out of this. He said, but then there was something on the other side that said, you're going to be okay. It's all right. God already knows. And he said, for the first time, he said, because of this experience, I felt like I understood what it was to have the presence of God in me, speaking to me, and helping me to go through a difficult spot of my life. And I said, that's it. That is what it means to have the peace of God. Peace is not determined by external conditions. Peace is determined by internal conditions. It's it's what's on the inside of my life. It's how God is working from the inside out. That's how peace takes place in my life. Through Christmas, God planted that seed of peace. And it's a gift that just has to be received. Many of us are, are trying to find it. We're searching for it. We're working for it. But listen, it's just a gift that God has given that we must receive. The third thing is this, is that Christmas brought a seed of joy. The Bible says the angel reassured them, this is the shepherds, don't be afraid, underline that statement, afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy, underline the word joy, to all people. It's available to every one of us. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Now, this is, this is literally the Son of God, a seed into this world, giving to us for a blessing, for hope, to change our lives. A baby. They didn't understand all what that meant. They just knew, well, it looks like a baby to me. <laughs> he can't do it. He can't even talk. You know what I'm saying? Like, you think it's the Son of God. Do we still have to change his diapers? Like, yeah, he's just a baby. It's going to take time. A seed takes time to grow. It has to be nurtured. It has to be tended to. It has to be cared for. It doesn't always happen in a day. And even the birth of Christ had to be tended to, had to be cared for, and had to be a moment of patience. Now, great joy. I love that the angels came and said, look, don't be afraid. Don't be freaked out. The angel had to address their fear before he could address their joy. Fear robs us of joy. And when trouble comes, when problems come, the enemy knows that he can get fear into our heart to rob us from this joy. Fear will cripple us. It will stop us. 
It will make you lose confidence in yourself. It will make you lose confidence in others. It will make you lose confidence in believing and trusting in the word of God. Fear will make you miss out on everything. This past weekend, Friday night, we took Asher downtown to the, the skating rink at Railroad Park. And um, there was only an hour of it left to be open. And, and that was strategic because you only have about an hour and then you have to go. When they shut it down, look, pal, it's over. We have to go. Strategic. And so Asher wanted to do the big uh, ice slide. They have a 100-foot ice slide that you ride down on inner tubes. And uh, we didn't know how this. I expected Asher to get in the inner tube with his mom. Uh, but no, they said, here's your inner tube. It was his size. And they handed Jen an inner tube. And up they go. And the next thing I know, here comes Asher. I mean, like a rocket. You remember in Christmas vacation when they, when they, when they get that little thing? And it's like, whoosh. Asher almost went to Walmart right down that slide. And when he got to the bottom... It just stopped, and he climbed himself out of that little litter tube like this, and he looked around, and he kind of had a smile and kind of a look of fear. And so he walked over to me. I said, what did you think? He's, I said, did you like it? He said, uh-huh. I said, you want to do it again? He said, nah, I'm fine. I said, you don't want to do it again? And here's this, I really honestly, I didn't care if he wanted to do it again, but I'm going to be very transparent. And it cost me eight bucks. I said, look, you're not riding that one time for eight bucks. You're going to ride that again. I said, well, let's just sit here and let's just watch everybody. I said, they're having so much fun, buddy. <laughs> so we sat and we began to watch. And then the best thing that can happen is another little kid gets on it. And it's a 50-50 shot, because if that kid is in tears when he comes down, you might as well pack it up and go home. There's eight bucks down the drain. But if there's a smile on that kid's face, there's some hope. And that kid got off, and he was smiling. I said, look, buddy, look how much fun he's having. I said, you want to try it again? He said, yeah, I'll do it one more time. So he does it a second time, and then you know how it goes from there. We did it one gazillion more times. He loved it, had the best time of his life. And when we left, his mom and I said, aren't you glad that you tried it one more time. I said, buddy, had you stopped the first time because you were afraid, look at how much you would have missed out on the fun of doing it again. And he was so excited that he got to do it again. How many of us have had this experience, maybe with some disappointment, and we've looked at God and we said, I don't want to do that again. I don't want to try that again. I don't want to feel the hurt or the disappointment or, or, or the devastation again. And God's saying, look, just one more time. Let yourself trust in me. The seed of joy in your life. You just have to get past the fear. Address your fear so that you can get to your joy. Don't miss out because of fear or disappointment in your life this season. Jesus is the source. He was the seed of joy in our life. So how do we get there? What does all this bring? I want you to flip your outline over. We talked about planting that seed, and that seed has to grow, and it has to mature. So when Christmas is matured, when it begins to grow in our life, when we begin to accept these things, we get, we get three great benefits that I want to bring to you. And here's what Christmas matured is. Number one is faith. All of this grows our faith, church. Every difficult moment, every difficult season is an opportunity for God to grow our faith. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. I will be honored by every nation. I will be honored throughout the world. Listen, the Christmas season is the hardest season to say, be still. It is fast-paced. Christmas will come and go, and many of us will wonder what flew past us. 
I told Jen last week, I said, look, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we schedule nothing. I don't care who calls, who asks, the answer is no. We're not doing anything. Because it's been go, 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 do, 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 we will stop and we will miss it all. We will not even know that it happened. And I always say this, you hear me say this around here, if the devil can't make you bad, he'll make you what? Busy. And if he can get us so busy that we never slow down, he'll never grow the faith that he wants us to have. Because we'll miss it. We'll miss it in everything we do. The Bible says, be still. Be still. Just stop. Stop talking about it. Stop worrying about it. Stop trying to fix it. Just be still. Let the seed of peace come. Let the seed of joy be there. Let it have a moment. Just be still. We're so busy. It's the same way when Jesus was born. There was no room for Jesus. The Son of God is being born into the world and people don't even stop. They don't even slow down. They didn't make special preparation because they were so busy doing their own thing in their own life, in their own way, that they missed the very presence of God. And it was a lackluster event. Nothing, I mean, I mean the city didn't stop. The world didn't show up. Literally, it was a very lackluster event happening with some cows and some random strangers that all gathered together. Think about it. I mean, you had a baby and just strangers show up with a cow. Hey, heard Jesus was here. Good to see you. Good to meet you. You're like, I don't even know you. <laughs> Nobody else? Like, what's the... Di Nobody else? This is it? Slow down. This season, just slow down. Don't miss it. Let God grow your faith. Let all of these things, all of these circumstances, all of these moments, all of these prayers, all these difficulties, just stop. And let God build your faith in who he is. Number two, Christmas matured brings us hope. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Doesn't sound very hopeful. No, it's all good. We got a plan. There's a virgin going to give birth. All right. That's the best plan you got. You don't even know how this works. We are in trouble, okay? We're not going to get there from here. But don't worry about the circumstance and what it looks like. Because of Jesus, there's hope, even in the impossibility. I love this little story of a little boy who's playing baseball. Maybe you heard this. And, uh, and they're down like 18 to 0. And this little boy's in the dugout, and a man walks up and says, Hey, said, what's the score? And the little boy says, 18 to 0. They're, they're ahead. He goes, Oh, man, I'm, I'm so sorry. I bet you, you must be really disappointed. He said, Disappointed? Why? He said, We haven't even been up to bat yet. <laughs> in his eyes, he said, Look, it's, it's not a big deal. We've not even been up to bat. We haven't even had our shot yet. Maybe it's 18 to 0 in your life, and you're looking at it going, Well, we're defeated. Or maybe you're looking at it yet and go, hey, God just ain't been up to bat yet. It's not a big deal. We just haven't gotten there yet. Like we haven't got our turn at bat. It's going to be okay. Because as soon as we get our shot, we're going to the, put the man in there. We're going to put the slugger in there. We're going to put the one in there who never, ever misses. Listen, look for the hope. I love this quote. There are no hopeless situations. There are only people who have grown hopeless about them. There's no hopeless situations. Just those of us who have grown hopeless in our situations. Jesus is the hope of the world. He was a seed planted to grow so that our faith could mature, so that our hope could mature. And then number three, the last thing, 
so that love could live. The Bible says this, love is patient, kind, it's not jealous or boastful or proud or rude, it doesn't demand its own way, it's not irritable, it keeps no record of being wronged, it does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Verse 7, love never gives up, love never loses faith, love is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And let it be known, the Bible says, and the greatest of all of these things is love. The very perfect love given to us so that we could have faith, so that we could have hope, so that we could have joy, so that we could experience possibilities, so that miracles could take place. All of these things are born out of the very love of God. For God so loved the world that he sent his son for us. At just the right time, God would send his son even when we didn't deserve it. Church, this morning on this very last Sunday before Christmas, the very last Sunday that we would talk about this content this month, let it all come down to this. is an opportunity. This Christmas, this moment, this opportunity is to receive the greatest hope for whatever you need in your life. God knows it and he sees it and he cares for you and he loves you and he wants to meet you today in the midst of your circumstance. So I want to pray for us. I want us to bow our head and close our eyes. And and I'll pray, pray quickly so you stay awake. But I really believe that this is, this is a moment. This is, a, this is a, an opportunity, an appointment that God gave us just to be reminded of the hope of Christmas. And I want to encourage you that maybe your circumstances, maybe they seem less than desirable. But don't forget that that seed has to be tended to. has to be cared for. It takes time to grow. It didn't all happen at once. Jesus wasn't an overnight sensation. took him many years before his first miracle. But at just the right time, in just the right moment, God showed up. So let the, let the blessing of Christmas be tended to in your life. And so today, let's take a moment and ask yourself, what's, what's robbing me of the potential of Christmas, the hope of Christmas? What fears have arrested me? What worries are bigger than God today? What circumstances have been elevated and magnified so much that God has been reduced to sort of a a safety net, a last resort? But today, we have this moment to say, God, we're going to put you first. We're going to put you back in your place. And so I want to pray for us today that we would all be able to do that. And I would also say maybe you're here watching online and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, you've never said yes for yourself to make it personal. But today is your day. I want to pray for you. I want to to ask the Lord just to meet with you today and so that this could be a personal decision that you make in your own life. And so Father, I love you and I thank you for this moment. I thank you for this day. God, you've been so good to us. 
And so as we come in this room today, many of us with heavy hearts and tough circumstances and scenarios, and we've just been reminded one more time about the hope of Christmas. And so we would ask that, Jesus, you would just forgive us of sin that may be in our life. God, if there's anything that separates our relationship, we pray for your forgiveness. Pray that you would, God, just become personal. I devote my life to you. I accept the sacrifice that you gave for me, and I choose to put you first today. Thank you, Jesus, for loving me the way you do. And God, for all of us that may be struggling in this room today with some circumstance and some issue, Father, we pray for your grace and your presence and your mercy and your hope. We pray for your forgiveness. God, we pray for patience. We pray for trust. We pray that we would just be able to put you in your proper place so that that seed sown, that Christmas seed would grow in our life. God, that we would see personal miracles take place. I pray over every circumstance today, over every heavy heart, over every worry and over every anxiety and over every pressure. God, that today we would just be still and know that you're God. Thank you for loving us today. Thank you for being with us, God. We give you all of the glory. It belongs to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we honor the Lord together? Can we give him our best this morning?